Welcome everyone to Faces and Feels. I'm your host, Rafe Houston, and today I'm joined by a very special guest. It is the brain behind WrestleBrainia. It is Jeff Seddy. How are you today, sir? I'm very well. Uh, thanks for having me on, Rafe. It's uh, it's lovely. And uh, hello to everyone all around Australia, including Perth, which is my hometown. Um, and it's, it's nice to be here and uh, very, very close to comedy festival season, of course. Exactly. Uh, when we, we briefly touched base and stuff and you uh, reached out to me with what WrestleBrainia was, I instantly thought, man, this is such like a cool concept. So uh, before we get into too much stuff, let's quickly lay out to anybody what it is. Then we'll have a bit of a general chat and then uh, lead up to the shows, yes? Yeah? So, so what is the, the general overview for those who aren't familiar? For those that aren't familiar, WrestleBrainia is very much spicks and specs with power slams and suplexes. So it's pretty much spicks and specs with pro wrestling. So what we do is we get team captains. We've got regular team captains. Uh, we've got Josh Greenslade from Tosh Greenslade. Sorry, Tosh. Tosh Greenslade from Mad as Hell, uh, who is terrific. And we've got uh, Jackie Picone, who's a, a theatre kid. She's she's great as well. Uh, and they um, she's a big New Japan fan, as most most of the country are now. Um, and they they come along, and we've got guest comedians. Um, for example, in the first first show, we've got. Uh, We've got Puppetry of the Penises, Jamie Wilson, who's a really funny guy, and we've also got Broden Kelly from Auntie Donna. So that should be uh, that should be amazing. And alongside them, we've got Carlo Cannon, the Australian wrestling legend, who's won titles all over the country, and uh, Brent Welch from On the Turnbuckle. But the less said about him, the better. <laughs> so I hear. <laughs> yeah, his yeah, uh, reputation precedes him. <laughs> There's been some shenanigans there, let me tell you. <laughs> exactly. And it's my understanding it's like this year it's going to be a tournament format, right? So it's like three nights uh, building up to a final and then the the team that wins, wins it all, yeah? Yep, yep. Three nights um, of two teams building up to a final of three teams and the team that, uh, that, that uh, takes the final out will win the Vince McRusso Trophy. <laughs> Um, which is, uh, you can tell how seriously we're taking it with a name like that. Um, apparently, it's going to be booked to fall off the top of a lifter with Judy Bagwell on top. <laughs> you know, don't hold me to that. <laughs> They're already planning, uh, what do they call it, car crash TV. <laughs> yeah. um, it's, it's, it's a lot of fun, and we imagine the audience will get involved and, and yell and scream and, and enjoy yeah. it, which will be uh, which will be great. Exactly. Can I expect wrestler style entrance music and shenanigans? Oh, absolutely, yep. absolutely. You can expect wrestler style entrance. It's one of the few things that we uh, we kind of insist on, and we, we kind of enjoy uh, wrestler style entrances. People uh, people arguing, people feuding. It's it's the only show where you can have a stand up argument with somebody and still walk away as great friends because it's it's what wrestling is. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So there's a lot uh, there's a lot there. There's going to be a lot of difficult questions, fun questions, new games. In, uh, the, the advantage of the pandemic is I've written so many new games. For example, one show, and I'm not going to say which, one show is going to have promos turned into Shakespearean English and our panellists have to get... What the promo is? This that's amazing. <laughs> that is such a funny idea. Yeah, I was pretty happy when I uh, when I thought of it. I was just like, yeah, that's a great game. Let's go. 
Um, and of course, we're teaming with we're teaming with some great mates. We're teaming with the wonderful people at DMDU Deathmatch Down Under. We're teaming with uh, PWA Professional Wrestling Australia here. We're teaming with Wrestle Rock, which is huge. It's at the Corner Hotel on April. To um, the uh, DMDU come back uh, April seventeenth, the night before our final. Um, we've all, we're also we're also working obviously with Carlo and the on, on the turnbuckle guys, and we are we are um, really really happy to be working with all these people to bring WrestleBrainia back, you know, in in this new era and see what what we've come up with. That's really cool, man. Um, so how many times have you run it before? Was it just last year or? Well, no, we couldn't run it last oh, year. Oh, because of COVID. God damn, the year before that. that nobody talks uh, about have, that year. It doesn't even exist. Just snip that out. We just skip that. <laughs> we have had two seasons in Melbourne, one in Sydney. Um, and usually what I like to do in, in, in Melbourne is run it once a week. And then in Sydney, I just go for a weekend. So what I do is I do a th- uh, Friday night, Saturday night, Sunday night, and then, of course, we did it at PAX, the games convention. We did a special games edition of WrestleBrainia, which was uh, a lot of fun. We had 120 people come and have a look at that, and that was great. And then um, <clears throat> we were set to do it last year. We were going to be doing PAX again. We were going to be doing the Comedy Festival again. I was going to be bringing it over to Perth, uh, you know, and working with EPW, my mates over there, and everything just closed. Yeah. And so we kind of went, all right, uh, what am I going to do? Well, I've got to wait till everything reopens. So I'm already talking with people in Sydney to, about bringing it back. I'm already talking with PAX about bringing it back. And, of course, we're back at the Comedy Festival, which is, which is, I guess, really that's our spiritual home. But, yeah. you know, we, we'll, we, we love – I love performing this. We'll go anywhere. Yeah. I, I did it in Sydney and I said to Tosh, hey, do you want to come up, man? And he's like, yep, I'll be there. So he just he just flew himself up to Sydney and and was part of the show, which is wonderful. That's great. Well, like when I hear about this and I I hear you talking about it, for me the the sky's kind of the limit of this concept. We briefly spoke off air before it, and it's just like once the world reopens, you could really take it anywhere. You can move people in and out, different comedians, different wrestlers different countries you know there's like a lot you can do with it and i think a lot of people would have fun doing it and i mean the benefit of dealing with wrestlers is they're multi-dimensional talents right like as well as being athletes a lot of them are comedians and improv artists and all this stuff because you need to be you know so there's so much talent there to to play with absolutely i had a really nice moment last week because um Probably, yeah, I'm going to name drop, but probably the best wrestler in Australia is Robbie Eagles. And Robbie came up to me at DMDU and went, hey, it's Jeff from WrestleBrainia. And I was like, holy, I'm going to swear here. I was like, holy shit, he knows who I am. (laughs) It's just just this nice moment of I'm, I'm beginning to have a an impact and a footprint on this world that I've loved for so long to to be able to do that and and you know talk with Davis Storm and, and talk with people and go, hey, this is a thing I'm doing. Come and be a part of it. And even even um, even Doug Zilla was like, oh, yeah, I've heard about you. People are, people now go, oh, I've heard about you. I've heard about this show. I want to be part of it, you yeah. know. And and some of the people I'm going to I'm gonna hopefully get for the Sydney run and the Perth run, again, will, will just be fantastic. Perth has some of the best talent. Um, I'm so excited to come over there. You know, get the Don involved, get Davis involved, have some fun. Yeah, exactly. Slater, um, P. 
pit. Like, there's so many guys. Gavin McGavin, uh, Del Cano was on my show recently. Like, there's so many entertaining guys here, you know? Oh, absolutely. Uh, absolutely. And I think I think you're right. I think the sky's the limit. Uh, I was I was having a chat with Andy Coyne a couple of weeks ago, and he asked where I'm, I'm planning on taking it. And eventually, obviously, Edinburgh would be a great place to take it because, absolutely. you know, Cabana does his show there. Um, there's, there's, you know, with, with Marty De Rosso's around there. So some of the guys that I've admired who do their thing mm. are already there anyway, and all it would be is I'll tap them on the shoulder and go, come and push your show on my show and we'll, we'll have some fun and hopefully I can get into some of the, you know, talking over bad wrestling movies and, you know, being on a bad wrestling podcast and stuff like that. So there's, yeah. the sky really is the limit with the show. Um, the only sad thing about this year is that some of the people that I'd love to be in it can't get to Melbourne because of the pandemic, obviously, restricting travel. But I do have some fantastic wrestling fans uh, and comedians coming in, as I mentioned, Broden Kelly and a few others. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Shout out to Broden Kelly. Auntie Donna's like the funniest thing like ever. I, can- <laughs> <laughs> I, I cannot get enough of them at the moment. They crack me up constantly. Um, They're very good. Man, very like, good. just like the the like YouTube black hole that Auntie Donna presents to my life when I like start watching videos and the autoplay happens and then it's like, oh wait, I've just spent hours of nonsense and it's literally <laughs> awesome. I had seen the the clips of them getting involved with MCW and stuff and I, I was led to believe he was a big fan. So um, I'm very excited to see what he comes up with. And without saying too much and not knowing too much about the teams, I would say that his team would have to be the pick for me because he's one of like the funniest guys in Australia right now. Um, yeah, I mean, you know, obviously it's that thing of we have Broden, but we also have Jamie Wilson, who's incredibly funny and a huge wrestling fan. My my thing isn't, are you funny? My thing is, are you a wrestling fan? Well, my that's it. It's trivia, right? <laughs> so anybody is, are you a wrestling fan? Yeah. Because if you're not, you're not going to be, you're not going to enjoy the hour. Mm-hmm. And the, the only way the show works is if the, the panelists enjoy themselves. Yeah. Exactly right. And that they've actually, it's one thing like liking it and then there's another thing, being able to pick promos from Shakespearean dialect, you know what I mean? Like you need yeah, to yeah. you need to know yeah. stuff, right? Yeah. So, and I mean, I, you know, I've left enough hints in those promos that you, you can probably pick most of them. Yeah. But, um, and then there's other things where I give I give the wrestlers a wrestler and I say, here's, here's the worst promos done by the best wrestler, by the best promos. Yeah. So, like, I'll have someone doing Eli Cottonwood's moustache promo from NXT, that awful promo, yeah. done by, I don't know, Shawn Michaels yeah, or Rick yeah, Flair. Yeah. Yeah. And the, the guys have to impersonate Rick Flair. And we, had, we did that in, in Sydney and we had Matt Wahlberg doing uh, Dusty Rhodes' Steve Austin and it was one of the greatest moments I have ever seen. Doing the lisp and everything. <laughs> he did the lisp, he did the booty shake. I wish we had taped it. Yeah. Um, and, and and a show like Russell Brandier is is catered for someone like Wahlberg. He's just he just takes to it. Mm-hmm. He's just fantastic at it. So, you know, there there are there are instances where people will go, I can I you know go along and, and enjoy it. And and the pure escapism and silliness of it is just catered for audiences. It yeah. really is so much fun. No, that that is awesome. Do you have plans to tape the upcoming shows? So the rest of the country that can't make it can catch it. 
we do we we're going to put a few things together we're going to put some clips online we're going to put a few things together just to give people a taste yeah because i've always said that wrestlebrainia is a live experience yeah, it's okay, about yeah. being there mm-hmm. it's about watching crackerjack get hit with a chair and bleed for an hour it's about you know seeing gino and Lockie fight to the back of the room it's about watching watching someone else get super kicked it's about you know it's about being there so this physicality is what you're telling me. Like some Sorry. of the so this physicality is what you're telling me. Some of the oh, wrestlers kind yeah, of <laughs> all the way. It's great, but saying that, uh, we I, I would like to put some clips online this year. I would like to up the um, the taste so people people when I'm going around the, later this year or next year, like I am p- planning on making Perth Fringe next year. So when I'm coming over for the weekend, people can go. I've got a taste of that. I want to go to it. Yeah. Uh, when I when I go up to Canberra this year, which I'm hoping to do, people can say I've got a taste of it. Let's do it. So you know, because the one thing the one thing about wrestling fans is we're everywhere. Mm. We are. We're everywhere. You know, um, and I, th- I I've always said that once it gets its hooks into you, mm-hmm. it's hard to get them out. Yeah, exactly. And even people that fall out with it. Um, like say, my dad and I used to watch the Attitude Era, right? Uh, we he is not up with it now. I don't like live in the same see him. He lives in Geraldton, uh, and he you know regional kind of Bushman type guy, so he doesn't really watch it. But whenever he comes to see me, he's always interested in what I have to say or show him and stuff <laughs> like that. And if he was here with me, he'd watch it all the time. You know what I mean? Because yeah. there's that love of the fundamental thing, like. It, entertainment that is wrestling so you could see it uh, appealing to people who are like oh i used to love stone cold and the rock there they are on the poster this is a comedy night it's melbourne comedy festival or whatever. i'm gonna check it out like you know yeah mm-hmm. yeah i i think that that is that that's the fact of it it's about and it's also about covering eras because obviously i've got to put something in there from the 80s mm-hmm. i've got to put something in there from from hogan and piper yeah I've got to put something in there from from Bret Hart and Perfect. I've got to put something in there from the Attitude Era and also the NWO and Ric Flair and, you know, Sergeant Slaughter. So it's about making sure that I've covered as many bases as possible. And also... Being PC, let's you know. I've got I've got segments on women's wrestling, which I really enjoy. I think Maki Ito, judging from that, we were discussing off air. We were discussing how good Dynamite was yesterday with with very plot driven, but her ring entrance was one of the funniest things I've seen in a long, long time, wrestling show or not. And I think um, I think that you know women's wrestling is fantastic. You know, so we cover women's wrestling. We cover we cover. Um, we cover all eras and 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 stables and groups and all kinds of things, ECW as well. So, and obviously, you know, a bit of Japan thrown in too, a bit of New Japan, yeah, which yeah. is uh, which is really making its mark in the world. Absolutely, and especially in Australia after their recent tours and stuff like that, it's still very prevalent to a lot of people here and really hot right now. Oh, for sure. And considering that Meltzer gave, there was a match over here, which was Robbie versus uh, versus Will Ospreay at Festival Hall, and I was yeah. lucky enough to be there. Oh, really? And Meltzer gave Meltzer gave that match four point seven five. So yeah. you know, you don't need more exam. And Robbie was the face, even though he was Bullet Club at the time. Yeah. So you know, mm-hmm. yeah, absolutely. I, I think Australia's Australia's a great bastion of wrestling as well. Exactly. Well, rewinding real quick into uh, Bastions of Wrestling, what got you into it initially? When you you're a you're a young man or a 
or somebody uh, that's first exposed to it? What did you uh, find that grabbed you first? Well, uh, I, I don't know if you're old enough to remember Wide World of Sports. It was on a Saturday afternoon with two idiots hosting. I'm sorry to the idiots that hosted. I couldn't <laughs> remember who it was. But they, they used to play a match, but they'd play it over four hours. So you'd have the horse racing and everything. Yeah. And one Saturday afternoon, they played Mr. Perfect against Bret Hart from SummerSlam. I think it was 89 or 90. I was a kid. I was a really young kid. I was about eight or nine or something. And um, this just held me. This was just the best thing I've ever seen. Yeah. It was the coach running around blowing his whistle. And and I was just like, this is this is fantastic. This I'm 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 these these guys are great. Um, because there were there were elements of comedy and clowning and stuff like that, and it, you know it took about eight six hours to watch the whole thing, but by the end I was completely hooked and yeah. completely believing everything I saw. Um, insofar as as a kid, you should believe it. You yeah, should. Yeah. You so should was it like forward. coming up in segments like between horse races and stuff? It'd be like, and now back to the match kind of thing. Yeah. Right. Yeah. <laughs> what a way to watch yeah. it! Like it would take so yeah. long. The only the only match it really worked for is when they showed the Royal Rumble that way because yeah. you could kind of watch that in incremental bits. Yeah. But it was wonderful and and I I really liked Mr. Perfect. I thought that that Hennig was was just a a great wrestler and B but the chemistry and B really really a sound like he had everything. Yeah. But the chemistry the two had was great. And then I went to the video shop and I bought the wrong tape. I bought a tape that had Ricky Steamboat against Ric Flair on it. Oh, wow. Okay. <laughs> and, and I was so happy. I was about uh, to it, say, like, that. it's a very different style of match than, like, a Kurt Henning and a Bret Hart. And so for, a for a, like, a young person, I'm like, would that still hold them? Obviously, it did, right? Like, you were all over it. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Wow. I still today, when, when a friend of mine comes around and says, I don't like wrestling, but show me something that I will enjoy, I will put on the national match, which is actually the one that I yeah. I accidentally bought, uh, which is the, the one with Terry Funk, where it goes into that beautiful Terry Funk angle. Um, so, um, yeah, I, I just fell in love with it, and I went, this is amazing. For me, it was the mix of circus and theatre and and everything so beautifully put together. Like, whether you're a fan of wrestling or not, I hate that word, but whether you, whether you follow and enjoy wrestling or not, there is a beautiful theatricality to it that mixes circus. It mixes stuntman. It mixes, you know, um, comedy. It mixes drama. And that match, the Steamboat Flair match, has it all. Yeah. And, and to hear Ric Flair talk about... With Ricky Steamboat, they didn't pre-plan anything. They just walked in and grabbed a hold. Called it in the just, ring, eh? Yeah, that's just phenomenal. Like to be mind blowing. Like yeah, how talented and how much chemistry those two men had together to just improv that entire thing. Like what, yeah. what's wildly considered one of the best matches in the world. Like yeah, unbelievable. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So so I I think I was kind of lucky to buy that in in some ways Dude, and. Yeah. Um, immediately, for some reason, I gravitated towards the heels. So immediately, Ric Flair became a favourite. Yeah. And then, obviously, Steamboat, there's no way you can't appreciate what Ricky Steamboat does in a ring. Yeah. So Steamboat became a favourite, and I kind of went back and watched a few things and a few bits and pieces. And then eventually, uh, I saw the, the Flair uh, Savage match. And went, uh, the Steamboat Savage match, and went, wow, this is great. And then started watching WrestleMania, and then, obviously, I was a, late teenager through the Attitude Era and 
which is it was designed for the late teenagers. I think <laughs> it definitely was. It's all it's all explosions and women and swearing and beer and all that stuff. Yes. So yeah, which is and, and uh, two two fantastic fantastic people in in Stone Cold and, and the Rock. Um, when I was when I went to when I went to WrestleMania thirty, uh, my buddy and I had planned a whole weekend. The whole weekend around wrestling activities, and the first night we go to JR's um, talk. JR's at the House of Blues giving talks. Oh wow! So we go there, and a big black Humvee limo pulls up. Out walks Stone Cold, no. flips us the bird, gives me a high five, and walks in. And I turn around to my buddy and I went, "It's going to be a great trip." That's and we just knew from there. I, you know, Stone Cold Steve Austin. I'm at the hotel, I'm buying merch, I walk back into this lady and apologise, and it's The Rock's mum. So <laughs> <laughs> it's, all, it's all really, really uh, dreamlike and cool, but when you've got The Rock and Stone Cold running around, you've got two of the most entertaining mic workers ever. Yeah. And even to this day, there's been no one to touch them. Yeah. No one. And that intro, if I remember correctly, that's the one where it's the intro with Hulk, Rock, and Stone Cold introduce it, right? Like the Silver Dome yeah. thing, which was hilarious. Yeah. And then it's the Daniel Bryan yeah. win, right? Like it's the double bell. It's, it, yeah. it is a perfect WrestleMania. I would 100% agree. And probably like the best, you'd have to say one of the best title wins and title stories like in WrestleMania history as well. Like absolutely. Yeah, yeah. And I think it's it's probably the best WrestleMania of the modern era. Yeah, I would agree. So you you have to go back several years to find one as good that hasn't become tainted yeah. through other incidences. Yeah. And and things, things beyond people's control. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And it's it was one for me that really blew me away because when I got out of wrestling like people do. You know, you're in uni, I'm playing in bands, I'm doing things, I'm not watching it, right? So I actually missed that. I got back into wrestling just after that. So it's like uh, Seth Rollins is with um, Triple H and, the, you know, the corporation, whatever they're called, the Stephanie McMahon era and stuff. And then the WrestleMania I watched was Brock and Roman, Seth runs down and cashes in, right? So... I went back and watched that Daniel Bryan thing, like that whole WrestleMania with no context, and it still blew me away. So I can only imagine yeah. what it was like for fans who were watching his entire career prior to that. Like, I can't believe our guy has, like, gone this far and done that. Like, it must have been pretty crazy. I was spilling because I was like, I could have been a part of this, but I just, you know, I just wasn't. It, well, that was it. It was the first time in 13 years. It was the first yeah. time since 17 that our guy had won. Yeah. So it was the first time since Stone Cold. Yeah that the the fans had chosen yeah. and would not accept anything else. The funniest thing is that Vince tried for about six months to say, no, 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 you want you want this guy. Yeah, you want People Batista. Like, nah. like, yeah, no. No, nah, we want Daniel Bryan. Yeah. We want we want the guy who's been in Ring of Honor and, and fought hard for thirteen years and, and has an unusual charisma but has oodles of it. Yeah. You know. Exactly. And, and that, that it's why I dropped out for so long, you know what I mean? I was like sick of the John Cena stuff and I was sick of things. And I was just like, why do I even watch this? I don't even really like anybody anymore, you know? And it, it just dropped away from it. It was a bit before uh, independent wrestling was quite as accessible as it is now. And then when I started getting in, I just flicked on the TV. I saw 
Seth Rollins curb stomped somebody like Randy Orton through a cinder block or whatever. It caught my interest. And then I was listening to a lot of podcasts and then I started delving back into it. And then it got it hooks in, got, got its hooks in me. And then it's New Japan and it's independent wrestling and it's everything <laughs> now that kind of makes up my life, you know. But uh, wrestling has that power to do that to you, you know, pull you back oh, in. Oh, absolutely. And, and absolutely. You. you can drop out and see one match and go, that's it, I'm back. Yeah, exactly right. <laughs> yeah. I need to see how this plays out. And you can drop out of angles as well, like the stuff. Like I jumped back in briefly with, uh, you know, WWE, the Roman Chieftain stuff with uh, Jey Uso and things like that was pretty interesting. And I was like, this is cool what they're doing. I don't need to be all the way in, but I can catch stuff and sort of follow along with things. So, hmm. mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm very much the same. I kind of just follow stuff. I don't, I don't bother sort of watching word for word everything that's going on anymore because especially at the moment like you know it's no secret that the the shows have been a little disappointing since we've had no crowds so i'm not i've, I've got no questions in Russell Russell Brannier about the last year yeah. because people people aren't following it as closely exactly it's it's not, a, not as prevalent as it is now but i feel like with the way and and how easy it is to access content now as the world begins to open up and stuff, wrestling is going to continue on the trajectory it is and probably be the biggest it's ever been and the most mainstream it's ever been, you know? I would say so. I would say that um, definitely AEW are cruising towards a big boom yeah. Um, yeah. because of several people. I think, um, you know, we were discussing earlier how good Ray Phoenix is. Ray Phoenix is, is probably the best wrestler in the world right now. Um, you know, uh, it's no secret that he can wrestle any style. He's fantastically quick, amazing to watch, brings great matches out of everybody and is just is, clearly enjoys it. Um, having said that, there are other people who you, you, you love to watch. I also think Roman Reigns is good as a figurehead for the WWE. He's everything WWE likes. He's well-built. He's clearly great as a heel. And I think that he's going to get eyes on that product once more people can go into into buildings because they're those who have dropped out through this current era are probably going to go. Roman's a heel now. I want to see this. It's what everybody was screaming for for so long because they were like feeling the same way you were saying, like it was being shoved down their throat. That it's like he's the White Knight, and everyone's like, "No, like I don't, I don't like him." You know? Yeah, it's not. I don't think it's that you don't like him and, and the worst chant, and Jim Smallman once said the chant he hates the most is when people yell at Big Show or yell at Roman, you can't wrestle. Yeah, that's, no, they can. That is they incorrect. Can. Yeah, they're absolutely. excellent. Yeah. But um, the problem is they're shoved down our throats all the time. Yeah. Uh, I think I think Paul White moving to AEW is an interesting thing. I think even doubly interesting is Christian moving to AEW. I think that would be a, an interesting, interesting thing. Um, I I don't I think AEW offers a good alternative because it's they they haven't started touring yet so yeah. it's a weekly show mm-hmm. that's all you have to do a weekly show yeah. um, but the other person I think for AEW that if you watch them will become a big star is Eddie Kingston oh I love Eddie Kingston he's the best promo in wrestling right now in my mind you just said it mm-hmm. that's it it was he is what Stone Cold was but he's the modern version yeah. Um, I think the, the the thing between him and Moxley is going to be a lot of fun to watch. That promo was great, right? Them just sitting yeah. there drinking whiskey, talking shit. I was like, oh, man, these are, these dudes are, are money. 
Yeah, and and also I love that they're Mox and the King, which sounds like a shitty FM duo, FM radio duo. You know, <laughs> you're on Triple M with Mox and the King. Oh, you know, great. <laughs> I like it. What did you think about? Well, we'll talk about Dynamite now. What did you think of the ending? Spoilers for anybody that did, but uh, the big MJF new faction reveal. I think it was great. Mm-hmm. I think because. You know, we've we I love. Firstly, I love what Tully's doing. I think Tully Blanchard's a great mic worker and That's he's great. a terrific presence. So again, it goes back to that NWA thing I was talking about earlier. But I think that having him there and be around and now have that faction a elevated and b make more sense is just terrific. Um, I think that they have to be a little bit careful not to pull the trigger on everything at once. But I think if they're going to do the War Games, and I reckon this is what it's leading to, it's leading to that War Games match that they were going to do. They're not, they weren't going to call it War Games. But that's call, call, essentially call it Blood it and Guts, right? Was the one they were going to Blood and Guts yeah, yeah, Blood yeah. and Bone or But that's something. what they were going for, yeah. Um, but, you know, when they do that with MJF, because that's where you want MJF to get his comeuppance. You don't want him to be beaten up before then no. from a storyline perspective. Wait till he's in that in that, and then let, you know, get him tapping out and bloodied and things like that. That'd be great. I think it's also going to give Chris Jericho a new life because he's, he is slowing down in the ring, sadly. He is clearly coming to the end of his career and he's going to transition to a, uh, a you know, a, a baby face announcer and, 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 you know, in ring, in ring occasionally, but, you know, let him retire in inverted commas as a baby face is great. Yeah. It's great. I think it's all really good. I th- I and also people people team. love proud and powerful. Um, oh, they love them. It's, it's, it's hard so. to force them to be heels, right? Like, because everybody, or the inner circle itself, even though they were like a heel stable, everybody cheers them. Everybody sings the song. Like everybody loves the group, you know, like yeah. exactly. Whereas this new group, you can, you can kind of hate them. You can have a bit of vitriol about them. Um, the the one member that stands out to me, and I am not slogging on him as a, a worker. What do you think of Sean Spears fitting in there? Because I see the unit together, and then I just sort of see him one step to the right of the rest of the group. You know what I mean? I think that the problem there is we haven't been conditioned to take him seriously. They, they did I a think- lot of damage when that COVID stuff happens. He, he's an amazing worker, but when all that stuff was happening, when he was wearing Tully underwear and all this stuff, they really took off the heat that they had added with the chairman thing right at the start, right? Mm. So I think they took him away for a while to, to get him to take us seriously. I think all he needs is a couple of solo matches against some, some you know, upper echelon talent, and even if he cheats to win, yeah. it'll, it'll just bring that heat back. So I don't, think it's, I don't think it's a lost cause, but I think they need to kind of tread carefully and give him some room to grow into the role. Yeah. But, yeah, yeah I, think it's, I think it's quite possible. I don't think – I've always said that anyone – Anyone could be champion. Anyone could be a hold a belt as long as they're given the storyline to do it. Yeah, that's true. You can fix anybody, really. Nobody's ever really buried. Like, you can totally rehab anyone. I thought the stuff he did with uh, Sammy in the corner with the chair looked really cool. Like, that was a cool spot. Do away with the loaded glove nonsense or whatever that was and kind of just focus on the chairman stuff. He could be quite a force. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. And I think I think pairing him up with, with FTR... Um, is a great, great, great move. I think uh, I think they're, they're clearly enjoying what they're doing and, you know, I would be very surprised if they're not back with those belts 
at some point very soon. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And Wardlow, man, Jesus Christ, that man is a beast, eh? Guy's a beast. Guy's got a huge upside and is is really kind of the the heater of the group and the the future. And I think I think if, you know I've always, I've said for a long time that I actually picked the breakout star of the inner circle to be uh, to be Jake Hager because he's so likable. Yeah. Um, but I think once he once once they get him in the ring with Wardlow, we're going to see some good old fashioned hostlights. Yeah, that's it. And I think I think you're starting to see guys like Jake Hager and even Miro sort of shed that WWE style that maybe didn't make them as entertaining in the ring for somebody like me that likes a little bit more work rate and stuff. Um, you're seeing in those matches them throwing in some of their, you know, uh, more shoot fight backgrounds and stuff like that. And I feel it makes them more credible, I think. Absolutely. And I think um, I think that that's, that's something that people need to kind of remember is when, when Christian comes in, he's going to take a few months to get back to his best, not only because... He's basically wrestled one match. <laughs> Wasn't he retired due to injury, kind of like Edge was as well? So, like, yeah, his was concussions, but clearly the, you know, the technology to to make your, the brain repairs itself or something. Yeah, because you know it's not only him who's retired due to concussions; it was Daniel Bryan who retired due to concussions, and several others. And Edge, of, of course, had the neck fusion yeah. surgery and injuries. So, you know, I, I think it remains to be seen exactly what Christian does, but I think he's an interesting case. My only complaint with Christian is make him a heel. He's a great heel. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, I, I think I think he would definitely get there, but I, I think they just knew everybody would, like, immediately cheer him. Though kind of weird to not let him talk because it's his whole thing. So I think obviously they're building up to some big, big promo or something like that, but yeah. he, he hasn't said a single word yet. No, but I kind of like that. Yeah, yeah. Keep him a bit mysterious. I kind of like that. It's much like when Jericho returned in 2010, I think it was, mm-hmm. when he came out and he was just trolling the audience for like five minutes at a time, yeah. just getting them to scream more and, you know, grabbing the cameras and things like that. It's just, it's just a lot of fun. Yeah. But I think, I think Dynamite, uh, and I believe yesterday's NXT was just superlative as well, but I think yesterday's Dynamite shows how plot-driven AEW can be without sacrificing anything else. Yeah, exactly. And yeah. I th- I think the roster's getting deeper. I think they're getting better. It just remains to be seen where they go with things. I think they're telling longer-term storylines in WWE, which, I, you know, I kind of prefer. I really do. Yeah, same. Absolutely. Well, that this, uh, this line of questioning leads me to an interesting segue. So say the, the world opens up again, WrestleBrainy is on tour, you can put together a dream team Ooh. of wrestlers... <laughs> Uh, and comedians, if you want, but, but for WrestleBrainia, what would be your dream cast? Okay, sorry, you're on the spot now. I've just dropped you. In. I am a little bit. <laughs> I am a little bit. Well, you know, I'm showing my bias here, but I would really, really the dream cast would obviously you'd have to have a rock in there because yeah. he he'd play it brilliantly and he'd be he'd be fantastic. So I'm going to put two wrestlers on each team. Yeah, and and my team captain. So I, I want the Rock and Austin on one team. On the same team, Edge and Christian on the other. Oh, okay, yeah, cool, cool. There you go. Yeah, that's yeah. that's four four great. A they really like each other. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, Christian and Christian and uh, Austin particularly are very good friends. Okay. Um, which you'll know if the story of Austin developing the what thing was when Christian was uh, Christian actually made it up when uh, he was he was talking to Steve on his uh, cellular and he turned around to him and he just started going what. What? What? 
What? And Steve goes, that's really pissing me off. I'm going to steal that. Right. There's also people I'd love to have on there like Jericho and The yeah. Undertaker. and The Good Brothers would be amazing as well. They're incredibly funny. Rocky, Rocky Romero would be fantastic. Um, I think Robbie Eagles would be a dream. I'm still chasing Robbie yeah. and going, Robbie, do you come on. Um, and then, uh, you know, in terms of Australia, obviously I'd love to get Matt Wahlberg back. I would really, really love to get Crackerjack back. Um, because, you know, the history of the guy is fantastic and he's such a charismatic guy. Um, beyond that, you know, Gino guys Gambino like... would be a great one. He, he's Gino, done it before, Gino's hasn't a lot he? of fun. Yep. Gino, Gino, we've, had some, we've had some fun with Gino already. Um, but, you know, beyond that, um, Lockie Hendricks is always a great guest. Uh, and, and this year I'm, I'm, I'm looking forward... I'm, I'm assuming this is out after some more announcements. So, you know, we've got we've got some fantastic lineups. So, you know, excited to have Lockie back. Excited to have Aisha join us. Excited, you know, I'm, Murdoch's threatening things. I, I keep getting threats from wrestlers saying, <laughs> "I'm going to come down and completely fuck your show up." So I'm <laughs> Ryan's. Thinking, okay, bring it. Let's yeah. see what happens. Uh-huh. So yeah, you know, we are we are in an era where. Literally, it's that old that is the WWE used to say anything can happen in the WWE. Well, I can tell you now, anything can happen in WrestleMania. I have no control over the show. Yeah, once it's going, it's going, right? Absolutely, it's a train that I can't control, but it's a train that gives me so much joy. So why would I want to? Absolutely. Um, so yeah, and you know, outside of that, in terms of comedians, there are so many. Like John Robertson, I'm still trying to get John. John, please return my calls. Come back to Melbourne and do even if you just come back for a weekend, do the show. Yeah. Um, uh, and then you know, Lukey Boland and and Sean Conway are both wrestling fans. So you know, obviously, I've got my I've got my eye on them for when I'm coming over to Perth and doing the show. Um, you know, and and beyond that, still working with Tosh and and still got these wonderful, wonderful people in the show. So it's really, really exciting. And then there's you know, the the potential is huge to maybe. And it's a big maybe. I, I don't know how it's going to work, but maybe get a fan to join a team at some point. But it's a bit risky because it, it needs to be a certain character. Yeah. It can, I can't just open the floodgates. So, you know, there's got to be some control over it. Um, but, yeah, look, the sky's the limit. And then there are people like Jim Smallman. I want to get Jim Smallman on my show. I want to get William Regal on my show. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Uh, Ron Funches you know, would be hilarious. Like, uh, there's, there's so many funny people and entertaining people in wrestling. That It's really, it's like how long's a piece of string? Like it could keep Absolutely. going forever. Yeah. And I haven't even mentioned Cesaro, Mick Foley, yeah. um, you know, um, Bray Wyatt would be just a great find because he's so creative. Yeah. You know, uh, <laughs> the list goes on. Park, Park would be brilliant because he's such a funny guy. Yeah. So, you know, there's there's all these people that, the, the potential to get them on WrestleBrainia and, and have fun with them. And even here, Evie, Charlie Evans, Love to get Charlie on the show. She'd be fantastic. Yeah. So you know, um, there's all these people I want to get on and I want to have have some fun with, and um, you know, we'll we'll see what happens. But trust me, this this season of the Catfish is exciting and it's fun. And it's not if you're a wrestling fan in Melbourne or even if you're going to be over in Melbourne during those four weeks. And we've already got someone from Perth who's going. I'm actually going to be there oh, really? on the fourth of Jealous. April. Um, don't sleep on getting tickets because they are selling quickly. Yeah, exactly. And those dates for everybody, if you are not familiar, it is WrestleBrainia. It is March 28th 
and then it's April 4th, April 11th, and then the final on the 18th, and all start at 4 p.m. at the Catfish Hotel. Is that correct? That is 100% correct. Tickets are only 20 bucks full and 15 concessions, so they're, they're really reasonably priced. Yeah, that is great, man. It's so fun. I'm so jealous I can't cross the country uh, right now, but I know you guys are going to be in Perth before long, and I will definitely be there to see it, man. It'll be great to meet you in person, have a beer and have a chat. Absolutely. Excuse me. Absolutely, Rafe. Um, and and I, I really appreciate you having me come along. I think this is a great podcast. And to even ask questions like what made you a wrestling fan, that's actually what I open my show by asking. Yeah, right. I ask the panelists what made them a wrestling fan because I think it's it's something that's important. It, it kind of bonds people. Yeah, and I, I think that's gone a long way now to the stigma of wrestling lifting by people just being more open about it. I don't know about you, but it was probably the same when growing up. It, nobody that I knew in, you know, Geraldton, where I grew up, cared about wrestling. And nor did they want, like, if I would tell anybody about it, it'd be like, oh, that stuff's fake and blah, 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 and they didn't want to know it. Now, as people grow up and they've grown up with that stigma, we're all very open about it. We wear the shirts. We talk about it. It's normal people, you know, there isn't this nerdy stigma. And the more we do that, the more it becomes normalized and mainstream, yeah? And and it feels good to share those memories. And I felt that way too. And now we can all be together in this, like, love of wrestling. Well, it's quite funny because I walked into um, – I started a new, new uh, job a few weeks ago, which is uh, just a, a part-time role while WrestleBrainy is still going. And um, – I said to my, my employer, my, my uh, boss, basically, she asked what, I, what I'm doing for Comedy Festival, and I said, I've got a show called WrestleBrainia. And she said, I love wrestling, and so does my kid. We're coming. Amazing. Straight out. So yeah. I was like, yeah, great. And now she's actually she's championing my show all over, the, all over the company for me. So I'm like, okay, great. It's amazing. Exactly. This doesn't need to be judgments on, on anybody, and anybody can have fun with it. And any time I show somebody matches or my friends come over and stuff they're probably not as into it as me or whatever we always have a good time you know and so people just need to get out there see the shows get down to the catfish and experience it and keep an eye out for when it comes to a town near you not too far away it's not too far away and and if you want my entree to people when they want to watch wrestling firstly the the steamboat uh, Steamboat Flare match I mentioned earlier. But then I always show them something with Tomohiro Ishii so they can get through that question of where the fuck's his neck and then we can watch the match <laughs> and it's great. Dude, you ca- you cannot go wrong with an Ishii like G1 match, uh, Kenny Omega, oh, yeah. Okada, something like that. You literally can't go wrong. And once you so- show somebody one of those like hard-hitting New Japan matches, they're going, but hang on, I thought it was... And then it, you know, yeah. leaves, leaves them shocked at the level of physicality. I thought it was all fake. And you go, well, here's the evidence. It's predetermined, my friend. <laughs> Getting hit like that ain't fake. That's no, exactly. exactly. Especially with, with Tomohiro Ishii. Exactly. So, you yeah, know, exactly. you've got to be a bit careful. But the one thing that I know uh, from speaking to you today, what isn't predetermined is WrestleBrainia. It sounds like you're going to have no control over it and we're going to be off to the races from the moment the, the bell rings, right? None at all. And the one thing that I, I want to emphasise, and this is this is so true, is you can't fake passion. And I'm passionate about wrestling, as you've probably picked up. Yeah. And so are, so are the panellists, so are the guests, so are the team captains. So is every person that comes and sees that. And we love you for it. We love you for coming on down and plunking down your 20 bucks 
and spending an hour to an hour and a half with us and grabbing a beer and a cheesesteak at the Catfish and having a great old laugh because that, to me, is what wrestling is about. I am interested in any venue that sells a cheesesteak. That's all. Oh, they're great. <laughs> they're great. That's what I can say. Okay, so one more time, the dates for everybody. WrestleBrainia, March 28th, April 4th, April 11th, the final on April 18th, all at the Catfish Hotel in Fitzroy, 4 p.m., and make sure you follow Jeff and all the information about WrestleBrainia at Wrestle underscore Brainia on Twitter, yeah? On Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, but Wrestle underscore Brainia on Twitter, um, WrestleBrainia on Instagram, WrestleBrainia on Facebook. All the links will be in the bios, people. Jeff, thank you so much for your time, man. It was wicked talking to you today. Thank you so much, Rafe, yeah. and um, take care, and hopefully, hopefully... You can either make it over to one of our shows or I'll see you in the new year over there in Perth. It's going to happen one way or another, my man. You take care of yourself, yeah? Thank you for your time. You too, mate. Peace out, buddy. And everybody out there, thank you for listening. This has been Faces and Feels Cast. Remember, it's all about peace, love, and pro wrestling. Peace out. Thanks, everyone, for listening. This has been Faces and Feels. Check us out on social media, at Faces Feels Cast on Instagram, at Faces Feels Cast on Twitter, or send us an email to facesandfeels at gmail.com. Until then, peace out. <laughs>